Hello and welcome to episode number 34.1 of The Third Power. This is Anthony Avatolo, of course. With me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Usman Jamil. How are you doing? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> super excited intro, as always. And we're here to bring you our Gate Crash Cube review. Uh, now, originally, we had actually, this is actually our attempt number two at this, the first time we had a significant malfunction after a nice, wonderfully long episode about the monocolors that were going to break into two, uh, two pieces. But after doing that, and it messed up, we realized monocolors is just not that exciting. So we'll talk briefly about it, and we'll get all your gate-crashing cube goodness all in one episode. Yeah, and we can also kind of talk about maybe, um, I don't know, I guess, I guess kind of how impressions may have evolved. Kind of like, we usually do, you know, uh, episodes like right before release or whatever, or kind of close to it, but kind of uh, we did, and then it got messed up, and then we just never had time to do a follow-up. And that was kind of sad. Like, I actually really liked that recording. Like, uh, we had, we had some interesting, like, off-topic discussion and, like, uh, about, like, that, that death metal guy who's, like, singing, like, tuning to that piano or whatever. Oh, right, right. The, the death metal, uh, death metal vocal warm-up. Yeah, that, I liked that. That was, <laughs> that was good. Well, I know, whatever, uh, though, I, I showed you the, uh, the death metal cat, yes? The one where the guy's, like, doing double bass drumming or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I showed that to a drummer friend of mine yesterday, and he was very amused. Nice. I think we talked about, uh, I think you were like, man, Order of the Ebon Hand would be a really awesome metal band name. I'm like, they are, there actually is. And yeah, right. You told me there actually is some, like, crappy metal band named after them. Yeah, there's, like, them and, like, Acroma, like, uh, bad you know, symphonic, like, Jimmy Borgir or something, but just, like, really bad. I just remember, I haven't listened to them since, but I think after I found out about them, it was, like, uh, I don't know, maybe, like, four or five years ago, I I looked them up, and then I was like, this is, ew. It's like, no, this is, this is not good. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was bad. All right, well, we're, uh, you know, let's, uh, you know, well, let's get started off like we do all the other, all the other episodes. Let's, uh, go ahead and, uh, crack ourselves a pack, and... For this one, we'll be using Usman's Cube, which has his Kate Crash updates already in it. Yeah, there's uh, not much. Like, after the dust settled and everything, there's not a lot. I, I can't say I'm surprised, though, but there's not much from Kate Crash in here. So what you're saying is that there's not much. There, there's really uh, not, not, about, not a lot, no. <laughs> I, I feel like maybe I'm missing... Like, I took out some of the cards, like uh, the Kate Crash cards. I think I'm only running seven Kate Crash cards. Which isn't much. That's not much. Yeah. All right. right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I seeded. I'm gonna seed a gate crash card in there. So, uh, if you can, do you want to do the typing or? I, I certainly do? can do the typing. All right. Let's see. Card number one. Gideon Jura. That's a, that's a nice one to start it with. Next one. Uh, Shriek Maw. I like this pack. This is interesting. It's an interesting pack. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, there. Number three. Impulse. Like your pulse. Pulse is nice. Uh, Baneslayer Angel. Uh, Honor of the Pure. I'm noticing a thing here. No, no gruel. Come on. Oh, there we go. Rancor, number six. Rancor. 
Woodfall Primus. Woodfall Femus. Number eight, Slayer Stronghold. So are there any other cards with Slayer in the cube? Because uh, we have two of them in this pack. There, I think there's Douthy Slayer, but I don't run it. just Oh, uh, okay. Well, I'm just saying, in your cube, because, you know, we might be able to hit the trifecta of Slayers. Uh, I should I should check. Uh, Mana Leak. All right. Uh, Troll Aesthetic. Uh, Zozu the Punisher. How are you liking Zozu, by the way? Uh, I actually have no idea. I actually just recently put him in. So I think I had him in before he was alright. Like he, I don't know, he dealt damage. Sure. He, uh, he deals damage. Uh, Fiend Hunter. What's with all these white cards? This is ridiculous. Uh, Strip Mine. Alright, Strip Mine. Steering Blaze, and a Gate Crash card here, which probably can't... I don't think it's going to compete with a lot of the other stuff in here, but whatever. Uh, Boros Reckoner. Okay. Boros Reckoner of the now $25 fame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy how it's uh, kind of started off pretty innocuously, and now it's uh, 25 bucks. Yep, yep. Kind of wish I would have uh, actually purchased one, ever. Yeah, yeah, that's true. How much? Are, I, I'm scared about how much foils would be. I'm guessing foils are in the forty range. Let's check my handy dandy uh, quick website checker. There you go. I, actually, there's a I have a there's a kind of a neat website out there uh, if you want to just get quick retail prices on cards that updates. Yep, forty. Uh, it's uh, arc42.com, ARK42.com. Oh, yeah, I've been using that site a lot lately. Yeah, arc42.com is neat. They have a lot of different kinds of things in there. The most amusing are the price visualizers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at those, but yeah. the, uh, the price visualizer for uh, Future Sight and uh, World Wake are very amusing. Well, I, are those for, like, the packs? Yeah, what, the, what they do is they... Uh, you know how there are those things that, well, hey, here is a artistic representation of the most viewed sites on the Internet. And the biggest ones, like it's all the company's logos in like this array. And then the ones that are the biggest are the ones that get the most hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's the same thing like that, but for values of the card in the set. Oh. So their sizes are related to their value versus the other cards in the set. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, like Jace. Uh, right, so, so Jace and Tarmogoy for just <laughs> enormous. Are the World Lake Manlands worth anything? I mean, something. Yeah. And so also, I looked up the cards with Slayer. Um, a lot of them are pretty terrible. Like, uh, there's Bane Slayer and then Douthy Slayer, Mage Slayer. Do you remember that card? Yep, 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 yep. It's pretty bad. But it's the pretty red terrible. green equipment? Yeah, like red green equipment. When it attacks, it deals damage to a player. Something's pretty pretty bad. Phyrixian Slayer, uh, uh, some limited. Well, that's the one that looks like it's playing a giant guitar, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, you could say it. Does. Yeah, yeah, kind of looks like it. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Raksha the Slayer. Oh, wow, that's awful. awful. Five mana, three three. Oh, it's legendary. Can't have, um, that's too good to be regular. 
five mana three three um, with reach, and whenever it blocks one or more black creatures, it gets plus one plus two till the end of turn. It, it's from Homelands. I mean, yeah, uh, Slayer of the Wicked as and uh, Undead Slayer. Wild Slayer Elves from Chattermore. Like a hill giant with Wither, and then World Slayer, which does... Ah, yes, World Slayer. Yeah. Which, like, costs a billion mana and doesn't... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Uh, that. So, so what do you think of the Kraken pack? Like, uh... Started off, it started off with a bang, and then... Right, it kind of went away uh, a little bit of a whimper here, uh... I don't know. I uh, as I look at it, I, you know, I'm I'm tempted to. None of the non-white cards look that fantastic to me. What about uh, what uh, about strip mine? I mean, strip mine's strip mine's awesome and all, but I don't know if I want to move just pick strip mine because especially depending on the size of the draft here, um, we're definitely getting one of these white cards back. Yeah, and I feel like we can probably. If we take one of the five drop white cards, we can probably put ourselves in a real nice position to to wheel one of the lower casting cost white cards. Um, because you know, as much as I like Searing Blaze, uh, I, I don't feel like competes with the likes of Gideon Jura or uh, Baneslayer Angel here. Yeah. Um, so personally, for me, I think I'm going with the Planeswalker. I'm going yeah. with Gideon Jura. Um, it's possible that someone will pick Baneslayer Angel soon after us, um, but, you know, them's the breaks. Yeah, wow. I think I, yeah, I think out of those two, I think I'd rather just take Gideon, and that's kind of my pick. I was thinking between Gideon and Stripmine, and I think I'd just rather have Gideon. Sure. As much as I like safe picks, Gideon's pretty sick. Yeah. Gideon's a good man. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, yeah. Do, do, so you like, like, so there's not much, and, like, before we spent two hours talking about monocolor, I guess because we talked about literally everything. Well, not literally everything, but, uh, a lot of cards. <laughs> right. I so I guess we can kind of temper, like, unfortunately I haven't been able to go to the uh, pre-release, but, um, how'd you do, how'd you do, Anthony, at your pre-release? Uh, my pre-release was miserable. Uh-oh. I mean, obviously well run, you know, there's no, no problem with any of that kind of stuff, but I uh, I chose Simic as my guild, and my deck did a whole lot of nothing. I heard it, Simic wasn't that great in sealed, but I've heard it's good, it's good in draft. Yeah, that that may well be the case, but oh boy, was it stinky. Like, I was, I was not a fan. Like, my deck on paper looked solid. Mm-hmm. Like, it looked like, oh, okay, well, this might be a pretty good deck. Like, it's got a lot of, like, tricks. It's got a lot of, you know, a fair amount of creatures. I had, you know, a fair number of the uh, Evolve creatures, but it, uh, yeah, it wound up as a real stinker, for sure. Yeah, that's a, that's not good. Yeah, I've, I've lately been actually been able to cube uh, a good amount lately, which is kind of strange since, you know, I always complain about not being able to cube. But, yeah, I, ha- I didn't wasn't able to go to the pre-release. Um, 
I don't know. I just, uh, I think I had, I think I was just been, I don't know. <laughs> I just never got around to it. But, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, mean, I, I was just, you know, real disappointed. And, I mean, I, a lot of friends were just going, you know, automatically going Boros or going, uh, doing Boros or, or doing uh, Orzov, which wound up being, for the most part, pretty good. Um, yeah. But I was just... I, I decided to try something different and got punished for it. My pool was also kind of... I mean, I didn't get a chance to play a single rare in my pool. Ew. What were so your rares? Um, well, I didn't have any large creatures. The largest creature I had was, like, I had a five-drop or a couple of five-drops, and it was the one that whenever it deals combat damage, you have to return it to your hand. Oh. Um, So that was real stinky. Um, The... I had the one that you shuffle your deck and you basically... You shuffle, like you cast it, you shuffle your deck. If you get a creature or an artifact or whatever, you put it into play. If you get a land, you put it into play and then return the card back to your hand. Well, I think it's like unexpected game. results or Unexpected something. results, that's it. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, is that I literally had no cards left in my deck that actually let you take advantage of, like, oh, possibly cheating something in the play. All it was was, you know, I would have gotten another four drop or Woo. a three drop or something. Right. It's just like, well, that's doesn't seem very good. So <laughs> No. Yeah, so I, I'm not playing that. And then, you know, and then I had, you know, some off-color rares. I had, like, two Demir ones of the, you know, mill somebody, or everybody redraws their hand, and then Cypher. No, yeah, the, that was the, the big head mode. Right. Yeah, I think I had two of those. Huh. Which, that's, uh, that's not very awkward. impressive. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it was just it was just real stinky. Unfortunately, uh, it was the first pre-release in a really long time that I didn't uh, didn't actually win anything, and I wound up going a, a very mediocre two and two, and uh, had a chance at prizes and somehow I actually won a few matches. No idea how. Nice. Um, but had a chance to win prizes in the last round and just needed my opponent to not draw. I needed him to not draw a spell, basically, on his last turn, and I would have had him. Hmm. But he had uh, blind obedience in play, and he could uh, get me he for could extort. Oh, yeah, he can extort me for the exact amount. Oh, ooh, <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate, but you know, he'll have that. Yeah. Them's them's the breaks. Yeah, you'll have you know. Oh well. Speaking of uh, blind obedience. Uh, I guess we should talk about that card <laughs> for you, but I don't know. Just, I brought it up. That's true. Uh, so it's an enchantment for one and a white extort. When and do, do you want to read about the abilities? Because I'm guess I'm wondering. I'm thinking people are more familiar with the abilities now that it's uh, a couple weeks outside of the release. But eh, whatever. Whenever you cast a spell, you may pay either a black or a white. If you do, each opponent loses one life, and you gain that much life. Artifacts and creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. Like, 
my my initial impression was was pretty skeptical, and like I know it's like I don't know. I guess like doing a thing in standard. I guess partially because of like red decks with all their guys with haste. Uh huh. I don't know. Like I, I don't know. I still don't know if I'm super impressed with it. Like for cube. Yeah, I mean it doesn't. I, I just don't think it does a whole heck of a lot for you. Yeah. And it makes I'm wondering like how how much like the big thing I can see it being used against is like the control decks that like use like mana rocks or just like rely on just having like a finisher like a uh, you know to like stabilize like you know Kega or a, a Jawar Isle or a or you know like a Worm Coil Engine and and you know obviously it doesn't stop them but it you know gives you an extra turn with that but you know it's just like is that worth another is it worth a card kind of thing? Or, like, how much how much life gain slash life loss are you getting with the extort? And I honestly don't know. It's something I've considered testing, um, but I don't know. Like, I, I still don't know. Even though it's, like, quote-unquote, doing work in Constructed, like, I'm still not super enthusiastic about it in Cube. Yeah, I just don't think... I mean, I, I think extort's really nice... But I almost feel like this card works. I, I feel like this card's best in two modes. One is against the hasty aggressive deck, of which there's only really one in cube. Yeah. Um, and the other one, the other mode I think it's good, is in the aggressive white decks to prevent your opponents from being able to play blockers. Yeah. Or like I, I think I think that's actually its best mode, and then you just have a little bit of added value on the end. Um, so whenever you underdrop in your you know your white aggressive deck, you get to um, you get to drain them for one, um, or whenever you you know at the end of the game if you have less you know your lightning bolts now become lightning bolts for four, and I think there's definitely some value there, but I just don't know if it's quite enough yeah. for cube, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. So, but I think it's certainly interesting. I just. Yeah. I think it's the closest of the extort cards. Yeah. So. I agree. Speaking of a guild mechanic, there's a Daring Skyjack. That's a card I kind of ignored, um, because I thought it was a 1-1 for some reason, but it's pretty much Blade of the Six Pride stats, like, one and a white for a 3-1 with Battalion, you know, when, when it and two other creatures attack, and that one is it gains flying till end of turn. And, like, if you're running Blade of Six Prides, it's, just like, you know, an obvious upgrade, but, like, I assume most cubes don't run that, and then that's, and, and, and like, that's kind of just, like, goes without saying. Like, that's, like, like uh, if any cubes were still running Shock and, like, Burst Lightning came out, it's like, well, okay, that's an easy upgrade, but, like, sure. Like, I, I uh, it does seem like it has the most, like, Potential-wise, like, it seems pretty, it seems really nice in terms of just, like, you know, uh, you know, just being a really nice tempo, you know, just being able to have evasion and beat for three. But, again, it's kind of one of those things where I don't, I'm not really hugely on board with this. Like, I'm not sure how it stacks to other, like, um, you know, two-mana dudes in my cube. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, like, 
It, I am glad we're starting to get more one in a white creatures. We're not just like we're getting to the point where a lot of cubes just like I, I think like years ago running like silver knight and white knight were were a, a pretty big necessity for a lot of cubes just because like um you know they they were they had they had decent stats and white aggro decks needed um the critical mass and I think like creatures like this are at least giving more tools like you know like this. Uh, like precinct captain, you're at least giving more tools, and especially for larger cubes where they may not necessarily have that kind of same luxury. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Like again, a, a lot of the cards, like with the battalion, I for the most part think of without extort. I'm just like, well, if extort is gravy, how how is this creature? Uh-huh. And I think that's the right way. I'm wondering if maybe I'm doing it wrong when I'm looking at that way, but I think that's right. Like. I think its base stats are probably fine, but again, it's just like I, I, I mean, windmill slam for popper cube, obviously, but um, I, I don't, I'm not really as big on it for regular cube. But again, it's one of those things I just want to would maybe test, but you know, just like I, I'm not really feeling the skyjack. I'm not not super huge. Right, I, and I, well, I think the point is, is how often are you going to activate the battalion? I think that's what it comes down to, because I'm not playing Blade of the Six Pride. But I am playing a quarter paladin because a quarter paladin has a significant uh, significant upgrade to Blade of the Six Pride. So I think it would just be a matter of testing and whether that's testing by myself or talking to others uh, who are using it of how often do you get to activate the battalion. I remember uh, when I was testing like frontline medic, like I, I found its battalion didn't come up like a ton of times, like maybe a few times. I don't, I don't remember it happening like a lot. And, yeah, I think I just remember it not happening, like, a, a huge amount of times, you know, to make me want to, you know, play with the card now that I think about it. And I guess kind of the same thing with Frontline Medic. You know, it's, like, kind of the same way where it's just like... And then it's essentially two man, two and a white for a 3-3, three, three, and then when it and two other guys attack, creatures you control are indestructible this turn, and then it's, like, X... It's Mana League for X spells. is a little awkward, but, you know, I guess it... I don't know. It doesn't. It's not like a drawback, but it doesn't really hit a lot of spells. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. Like both of those, I think I'm just not super huge on for cube. I guess we can kind of knock both those out. But I just like, um, honestly, I think when I was testing frontline medic, I just didn't find its battalion to matter a lot. You know, it's obviously you know obviously sick if you do get it to happen, but if not, it was just kind of eh. right. All right. Uh, do you want? Is there anything else? I I don't want to like, you know, just monopolize or whatever. But no, uh, I you know um we'll just mention real quickly. I I haven't been real impressed with the Gideon. Um, as awesome as he looked, you can you know uh, as is told, you know there, there's a reason why. Not that it's always an indicator. Once again, it's the causation versus correlation type thing. Um. But there's a reason why Gideon, Champion of Justice, has spiraled down in price. Uh, the card just does unfortunately, the card just doesn't do anything when you first play it. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, it's just like, uh, get get bigger. Right. I mean, it, it actually does nothing. I mean, your first turn, it has zero impact on the board other than the potential for a future impact. But once again, I think I don't think its abilities play that well with each other, um, unless you're running a 
a deck with lots of mass removal where them having lots of creatures is a benefit. But once again, you know, the, the more counters you get to put on him, the bigger threat there is to his life on the attacking back. Yeah. Or, like, I guess it can defend it with a... But that requires a lot of defense, I'd find, I would think. And I think it's, like... I, I seem to always bring this up when it comes to white four drafts, but, like, competition's ridiculous. Like, like you know, even... Like, cubes are starting to drop, like, Calciderm and whatever, and I think... I'm unsure if I'd rather have Gideon or Calciderm. I mean, Calciderm. Yeah, I was thinking the same. I was thinking, like, probably Calciderm. It's, like, not as flashy or whatever, but, you know, hey, it gets in for... Billion damage and has right. a shroud, and this guy that, right. that guy attacks for a lot. Yeah, and then Gideon is just like I can get big, I guess. So Syndic of Tithes, I guess we were talking about uh, extort cards, and I guess like Syndic of Tithes is really the the other white extort card, essentially Grizzly Bear with extort. Sure, and I don't know, like it's one of those things where it. It feels kind of like Daring Skyjack in that it does something. Like, it, it, it goes along with kind of the basic goals of what the deck wants to do. Just, like, attack for two or attack for three and then just a little extra bonus, like, just in case or something. Like, uh, well, if you've got spells, you can uh, you can do that, too. And I think when I was testing it, like, it wasn't bad, like, in the decks. Like, I, I was, like, usually when I, like, seed cards and packs, I, just, I usually encourage people to, like, uh, you know, I'm going to be writing and, like, podcasting about this stuff, so, like, if you have a deck that can run it, try it, see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where, like, it, it wasn't bad in the deck itself, you know? It, like, it, it, you know, there were times when it just, like, dealt the last two or three points of damage or, you know, provided some extra reach. But yeah, just, like, again, competition's just... Re- even... In, like, an example, like, in that deck, I think it was, like, in a white-black aggro deck, like, someone's playing, and it, you know, did, you know, it did a, lot, a decent amount of damage. I don't, I don't know if I'd rather have something like any other thing, or just, like, if, if there's anything I'd rather cut for it. I mean, it's not bad, for sure. I don't think it's a bad card at all. It's just, like, it's a little low impact, I guess. Um, even if it did, you know, if it, if it was in a deck that, you know, did work... I, I did feel that, you know, just, like, I'd rather have something, like, again, it's just, like, well, if this was the real world or something, and then it wasn't in a, hey, you should play this environment, or, hey, if this isn't automatically seated in there, just, like, how is this versus something else? And, again, I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad card, per se. It's just, like, in my cube, I don't know if I have room for it. Right, and that's the thing, is, you know, it's, I, I don't think it does enough. While a fine card, I don't think it does enough. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much it. So, uh, blue cards. Well, lots, lots pretty bad. There's a Cloudfin Raptor, which is, I don't know. Like, I really want to like. Uh, I don't know. There's a uh, so it's a blue mana for an O one flying with evolve. I don't know. It just uh, feels again kind of like, kind of low impact. Like it feels like it needs at least two creatures to be good. And when it's good, it you know two three flyers obviously pretty insane. But like. A one man, a one two flyer, even is not that big of a deal. You know, it's not really huge. Right. Well, and unless you're playing multiple creatures in your first couple of turns, and you're like on your second turn, even if you play it on turn one, turn two you're attacking for one with it. If you're playing one creature, which there are plenty of 
random one-drop pliers that attack for one. I mean, at that point, you know, a judge's familiar is better. Um, then, you know, the following turn on turn three, you're attacking for two with a two-three. Um, there are a number of creatures you can play on turn two that are flying and attack for two, and I don't play any of those. So, I, I don't know. I just, I'm just, I guess I'm just not that excited by this card. Um, like, I think the fact that it needs two creatures to be good is what throws me off. Like, a 2-3 flyer, for one, you know, using that as kind of a base, a base mark is pretty pretty, pretty sick. But you just need well, the other, the other problem, I think, with the Evolve cards is that at, at, at some point around two to three power, you kind of hit a ceiling on how big they can get. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you're going on, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, well, I just have... This, you know, let's say you play it on turn one, you play your two drop on turn three, and it gets a counter. You play your three drop on the next turn. Because you're not going to under drop just to evolve your guy. You know, I'm not going to play my two power two drop on turn three rather than my three power three drop just to make my Cloudfin Raptor better. Yeah. Instead of, like, under dropping each time. So at some point when you get to, you know, you may hit turn four, and you may have a you know a four four for four, and at that point, yeah, you have a you have a three power flyer, um, and it only costs you one, but it's kind of you're you're at a ceiling at that point. Like it's, I imagine it would be difficult to play very many things more than that that are going to have a, an effect soon enough. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just not that excited by it, and I don't really support that sort of style of of blue deck anyway. That I think would be very helped by something like this. Yeah, and, I, and I'm trying to, like, do something like that, and even then I'm not really impressed by it. It's just like, I, I think it's kind of the thing where Experiment 1 or other, like, you know, again, I'm just kind of ex- comparing it to Experiment 1, where it just, like, requires one guy to be good. Like, even then you're just getting an essentially two mana, two, or uh, one mana, two, two. Whereas this is, like, a one mana, one, two flyer, and it's like, uh, you know, just the kicker on this guy is pretty big, and because I'm just, like, not not big on it. Uh, speaking of other one-mana blue creatures that I'm not hugely impressed, the Realm Rite, we can talk about this for, like, five seconds. Um, <laughs> when it enters the battlefield, choose a basic land type. Lands you control are chose are the chosen type in addition to their other types. So, essentially, Urborg, um, Tomb of Yawgmoth on a guy, which is... Like, the effect is fine, but again, it's, like, costing you a spell slot um, in, in your deck, and more importantly, in your cube, which for blue is pretty ridiculous. So, I don't know, just, like, again, not not really big on it. Yep. I don't think there's really too much to uh, to talk about here. So. Yeah. Same with a Stolen Identity. I think it's just kind of on the other opposite end of the spectrum. It's essentially the clone with Cypher, which costs, or I guess it's Phryxian Metamorph with Cypher, like, for six mana, and I think that's just, like, like, that's just ridiculously way too expensive, like, I have a feeling they overcosted a lot of these intentionally, because, like, you know, free spells generally, like, are the the biggest offenders when it comes to uh-huh. things, like, like uh, you know, like Cascade, a lot of them were pretty overcosted, um, Blood, um, Bit Blast was... Pretty, I, I, I would say it's probably pretty fairly costed, but you know, Blood Braid was obviously the uh, the problem child. I think it was originally as a two-two, and then they pushed it up as a three-two. 
And I think I still think it would have been really good as a 2-2, even with, you know, Blood Braid was obviously the, uh, the problem child, but, like, it feels like a lot of the Cypher cards were way over-costed because they didn't want another mishap like that, and I feel like Stolen Identity is kind of the same. It just costs way too much. And it's, like, six mana. Come on, give me, give me Kaya or something. <laughs> right, right. Not, not really feeling that. Is there anything else? I, I don't want to, like, monopolize this stuff. No, like, I, it feels like I, I'm talking I, I mean, a lot on this. I, I don't feel as though there's there's not... Like I said, I don't think the monocolor cards are all that impressive, so yeah. I'm fine with just getting through them and moving on, so... Uh, Undercity, I guess we can knock out Undercity Plague, too, while we're talking about it. Just, like, six mana, uh, bad pox, no. Uh, Thrall Parasite, we can talk about that for a bit. Um, one black mana for a 1-1 one, one with Extort. Um, you can tap it and pay two life to remove a counter from target non-land permanent. Oh, I forgot to add tap to that. Way to go, me. So, huh. yeah. I, 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 um... I, again, I'm not feeling this either. Like, I, I know, like, I really want more black one-drops for black aggro, but, like, is this guy even really good in black aggro? I mean, probably not. Like, a one... It's, uh... feels like a little too low impact, like... I guess you can gain life to offset things like Carnophage and Sarcomancy and Graveborn use. Man, this even a this even a zombie. It's a thrall. That's a that's a ripoff. <laughs> right, if it's a zombie, right? Through. Yeah. Even if it was a zombie, I, I wouldn't play it. But like, slightly different though. Yeah. And then the pay two life thing is like, I guess if you really need more Planeswalker answers or something, but like, I don't. I'm not. I don't. It, it just like it doesn't seem that good. Like, mm. it kind of feels like. The old Mirage charms, where it does, like, like with a lot of the newer charms, like, is it charm, um, you know, just like, like, is it charm, I guess is the big one, where it does a lot of things, but the overall effect is, like, worth it. This is just does a lot of small things, like the Mirage charms, like Chaos charm and Emerald charm, and where it does a lot, of, you know, it does several things, but it's not really good at either of them. The overall package just isn't worth it. Yeah, I think that's about all I guess I should talk about that bad card. Uh, Cryptcast, I think, maybe. Maybe good. Um, three and a black for 2-2 two, two with Extort. And then whenever you tap a Swamp for mana, um, you may add an additional black mana to your mana pool. I don't know. What, what do you think? I mean, I think if you, you, know, if you want to push your mono black, uh, your mono black theme, I think it's absolutely fine. How do you feel about it in, like, base black control? I I think it's probably a bit on the fragile side to see much use there. Yeah. That's not I mean, it's a 4-4 four, for four, four, two. Um, I guess if you cast it, I, I feel like at that point, you're like, I mean, yeah, it might be real hard for you to lose if you just play it on turn, uh, just kind of throw it out there on turn. Uh, turn 4 or 5 or something. Turn 4 or 5 and then just, you know, dare them to, you know, Dare you to dare them to let you untap with it, but I think like Conley was playing a deck with uh, it was like almost mono black except splashing red for uh, Dreadboard Rakdos's return, and it had like Crypt Cast. And even in that form, like even in that construct, I think when he like his game plan was a lot worse when he when the Blood Gas died or the, the Crypt Gas died. Like he was playing, I think he was ramping things like yeah Rakdos return and Gristle Brand and whatever. Uh huh. I don't know, like. I kind of feel that same way, where I think it's probably pretty decent in black control, but, like, 
Yeah, it does seem pretty pretty fragile. For some reason, I thought it gave your guys plus on plus one. I don't know why. Maybe I'll see. Uh, I, I, I think if it did, it'd be a different card too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Overall, not not really big on that. Um, oh wow. What? Okay, so I'm looking at red. Uh, Hellraiser Goblin. Yeah. Why? Why did I even put that there? <laughs> the card's no good. Uh, essentially, a Goblin Chariot, two and a red. Creatures you control have haste and must attack each turn if able. Like, um, so the short version, I guess my impression of this is, like, terrible mono-red card, but, I don't know, I don't really draft mono-red a lot. I've never really fallen for the whole, like, OMG mono-red, uh, and then ignore all other red aggro strategies trope that seems to be big in cube discussion. Especially people who are just, like, kind of, like, not as big into cube. Like, I find that trope kind of happens a lot more. Um, but, yeah, this, I guess it's better in, like, red-green or whatever, red-white, but even still, I'm not really impressed. Yeah, no, I mean, I can I can do with a Hellraiser Goblin, and, you know, what I have said before about it is it gives all your creatures haste. So, great, all my creatures that come after this one have haste. A lot of the best red cards already have haste that are threes, fours, and fives. Um, so you're not really getting a lot of value there. Um, the white cards, yeah, sure, it'd be neat to attack with that. Um, but, once again, you're stuck with a, unless you have big follow-up and this guy doesn't die in the meantime, you're stuck with a 2-2 two, two haste for three, which is just uh, not it's particularly kind of impressive. Um, and I think this card is different enough than, what's the 4-4 four, four for five mythic that gives haste, but then your opponent's creatures? Oh, Urabrask or something? Yeah, Urabrask. I think this creature is significantly weaker than Urabrask. Obviously, I mean, it sounds obvious to say that, but I mean, it's effect in general, so. Yeah. That, you know, I could see with running an Urabrask, but this guy I'm just not down with, and I think we can safely move on. Yeah. Speaking of uh, haste creatures with unimpressive stats, uh, Loyal Legionist, uh, red 1-1 haste in Battalion, whenever it and two other creatures attack, creatures you control gain uh, first strike and trample... Until end of turn, and can't be blocked by tokens this turn. Um, no, nah, I don't know. Not not feeling this. It seems it requires way too much setup, and it doesn't. It doesn't even increase your power. It doesn't increase like your like you know, just like forward presence or anything like that. Which is normally I don't care as much, but it's because he's just like a one mana one one with haste, which isn't really doing a lot in terms of like damage and and whatnot. So I yeah, it just feels like. Fires like way too much setup. I don't know. I like this guy better than I like Hellraiser Goblin. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why is that it's one of those things where you can set up a situation um, later in the game where you're going to be able to. This is this is not a one drop. Just just so you know, this is you know this is a play it on turn four, play it on turn five after opponent has stabilized the board some and you need to get your last crack in. Um, I think this card does a good job of allowing you to alpha people. Um, Especially if they're relying on, like, Lingering Souls and whatever. Right, right. which, you know, is you know is, is a strategy. Um, I, I think it'll probably have a better impact in, in Constructed, but I, I don't think this card is terrible, um, because, like I said, it is... The setup that's required is just for you to have creatures in play. And, well, if you're any sort of 
red-black, red-white, red-green aggressive deck, you're going to have creatures in play. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he has haste means that you're going to get that effect right away. Unlike something like uh, the uh, Sky, the Daring Skyjack. You're uh, like Frontline Medic. Or Frontline Medic that, you know, are going to sit and play for a turn. Which, by the way, Frontline Medic, uh, if that card, you can, if you can actually get that card going, it's actually real hard to beat. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, how am I supposed to block this guy? Right, just makes, like, all your blocks just impossible. But Legion Loyalist is, uh, I don't think is nearly as embarrassing as you're making it out to be, because I think the setup is just to have creatures in play, and I think he makes uh, you able to make that next step into actually killing them. Uh, yeah. And I think the first strike and trample are very significant. Um, granted, this is most likely just going to be a one-shot deal, because I imagine that he will be dying in the exchange. If your opponent is going to live, they're going to make sure to kill this guy as part of the uh, as part of the package. But kind of I, I'm actually of, uh, more excited by this than than I think most people, because I can see I can see lots of situations when your opponent stabilizes, where you can just possibly just kill them. The problem is, is when they stabilize and their creatures are all just bigger than yours, then this only helps so much because your guys, your first strike or your trample aren't going to help that much. Um, you know, if you're playing your aggro deck and your mid-range opponent is playing out all their, you know, four fours for four, mm-hmm. this guy isn't going to help you that much. Um, One of the things I think I talked about on the, when we initially recorded us, it, it was kind of more of like a like an enchantment almost, or a sorcery. And it was kind of like, not so much as a creature, it's just like, if you have two or more creatures, then this your guys get first strike and trample and whatever, oh my. I think that's, I think that's probably uh, the, the way to, not, not as much as like that raging goblin or whatever. Right. You can't evaluate it in terms of it being a raging goblin. Yeah. I mean, obviously this guy's, you know, strict upgrade to a raging goblin, um, but... I don't think, unless your draw dictates it to be as such, I don't feel like you should be playing this as a Raging Goblin. Uh, kind as, of like, uh, as I've heard people say, you know, no, no one forces you to play bad magic. It mm-hmm. doesn't make the card bad. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like when people were saying, like, oh my god, um, my Missile Persecutor sucks, so you just counter everything or something. It's like, well, no. <laughs> Nobody's uh, nobody plays like that, or actually, or nobody actually realistically plays like that, or or should. Uh, do you want to talk about the the blood rush guys real quick, or? Um, yeah, I, I, these blood rush guys, the skin brand goblin, and whatever the yogur's name is. Um, oh, wow. I, I don't the, think these. I, I don't think these are the blood rush cards that you need. Um, yeah. one of them's goblin piker. You know, the other one is you know three three double strike for five or wrecking ogre or whatever it's called. Um, but like the double strike, like the, uh, the blood rush is way too expensive on the wrecking ogre, um, at five mana. Um, and you know, I, the, the other guy plus two plus one, I, I don't feel like these are the blood rush cards you want to play. Um, there is one, I think definitely that deserves a good look at inclusion, but I don't think these are it. Yeah. I I just I'm wondering, think, like, I just don't think either mode does enough. I don't think the creatures do enough. I don't think the pumps do enough either. Plus two, plus one for two mana, not that impressive. Double strike, I'm sure, you know, is neat. But at five mana, seems a bit steep. Yeah. I, I do wonder, like, because I was actually thinking about them, like, 
three mana would be ridiculously way too low for it. Like, plus three, like, Berserk, like, is, you know, just like, or just like a, uh, I think of how, how high it could realistically cost. Like, Fatal Frenzy, you know, was printed at three. I think four would probably be pushed, four would probably be fine. Three would probably, they, I don't think they would be able to print it at three. But I don't know. That's, uh, you know, I, I do wonder if, like, Skin Brand Goblin is one of those, like, where the sum is greater than its parts kind of thing. Uh, but, like, uh, you know, for something like, you know, just, like, it's, it does the job and then, like, it has a little extra versatility. But, like, I don't know, we're starting to get a lot of good two drops now. Like, I feel like a few years ago I would have been a lot happier about this card, like, without the Gorehouse Chainwalkers and um, Lightning Maulers and Ash Zealots and whatever of the world. But I think it, it kind of loses by the wayside, I think, because of that, like, in, in cubes nowadays, I think. Do you want to talk about, uh, do you want to talk about green cards? Yeah, because actually I think there is a, uh, a good green card available to us, um, and that is Experiment 1. Which yeah, is a 1-1 uh, for a green with Evolve uh, that you actually get to regenerate. Yeah, I, I, if, you're a, if you're supporting green aggressive decks, I think this is, this is exactly the kind of guy you want. Agreed, yeah. And, and I think, like, I've seen people, like, in cube drafts, like, try to play it in mid-range decks, and, I, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty blunt. That's just not very good. Like, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I think he's, yeah, good. if you're playing an aggressive deck, yeah, that guy's ridiculous, like... Almost always a 2-2. Not hard to get him to be a 3-3, which I, I think I found that interesting. Like, um, you know, just like, especially in, like, red-green, where they ha- you have things like, you know, like, Courthouse Chainwalker and uh, I'm trying to think of some other things, like uh, Drawn a Blank. <laughs> uh, maybe, like, Great Sable Stag or whatever, or just other things to get it to 3 no, I, I mean, there are plenty of, of three power creatures that you can be playing on turn three. I mean, and that's, you know, provided that, you know, you are... I mean, you're playing a green deck. I mean, you're, I'm, you're, you're likely to have those kinds of cards in your deck. Yeah, so. Wolf Fear Avenger, stuff like that, yeah. But I, and even its regenerate thing isn't, isn't like, yeah, it's, it's not ignorable either, especially if you're just, like, putting pants on it, like equipment or something, and you're just... You just need a creature to just get in there with a sword mm-hmm. to, like, gang up with other things. It's like, Alpha Strike! And it's like, okay, I guess I'll regenerate. And then it, instead of just dying, it's just like, well, I guess I'll put, uh, I guess I'll put my Sword of War and Peace on this guy or something. I, I've been a big fan of it. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, I think that's think? an inclusion. What do you think of uh, a guy or Sage, a.k.a. Um, Euro Sage? Yeah, I don't know. It's it, this card is it seems to be picking up steam and uh, constructed right now. Um, like that, the uh, the Tamaharo Saito deck, the red green, right, right, the 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 ramp deck or whatever. But I don't it's know. Not, it's, it's a it's not I a ramp deck. It's a, it's like the with the burning tree guy, and it's just a bunch. Of, it's like I think it's like mono two drops or whatever. Well, there's the mono red deck that's like mono two drops uh, that he made, or like the red touch green deck or whatever that has uh, oh Flinto. Right, with, like, Flint Hoof Boar and, like, Domery Rod. Yeah. Um, but this, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not that excited to buy it for Cube. I think all the other... I feel like a lot of the other mana, the ramping elves are better. Um, this one's kind of at a strange spot 
um, and trying to think of the situations uh, of what kind of decks I want to play this guy in. Um, I'm playing him on turn two. He doesn't actually tap for a green by himself. You actually have to have two counters on him for him you to, have to have, really you, be you have that to have much like better for as far as the mana goes than a one-drop, one-one elf. Yeah. Um, so th- that's my thing is I, I'm having trouble visualizing places where this guy is basically going to be any good. Like, I can think of a bunch of other elves, you know, a, a bunch of other the mana elves I'd rather play first. And this, I don't know, not that impressed. Yeah. Uh, Slaughterhorn, Wasteland Viper, just, I guess, talk about these for like five seconds. There, I, I guess it's kind of the same thing with Skin Brand Goblin, where I'm wondering, you know, if, like, the sum of its parts are better than the overall package. And, I don't know, I haven't really had time to test Slaughterhorn. I think I tried it for a little bit and then cut it just out of numbers crunch. But, um, yeah, honestly, not really, not huge. On the, the Viper is the better one of the two, just because of the Death Touch. Because your guy gets Death Touch when you, uh, when you Blood Rush it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, to me, that's the allure of this card. Yeah. Yeah, it's really a tri- make, let you trade up is really nice. So, that's kind of the way I feel about it. Yeah, Sylvan Primordial, uh, 7 mana, 6, 8. Uh, when enters the battlefield, um, for each opponent, which is almost always just going to be one opponent, um, destroy target non-creature permanent that player controls, and for each permanent destroyed this way, search your library card for a, search your library for a forest card and put an ETB tapped, then shuffle your library. Like, I, I don't know. I really just wish this was a six mana and was like smaller. Oh, it has reach too, because uh, I guess it needs a reach. <laughs> sure. Really big spider. Yeah, I don't know. I just really wish this cost six and was smaller. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. The the forest thing I didn't even notice on my initial read. I was like, oh, thinks it does that. It does that too? Right. Yeah. I don't know. It, it feels a little too pricey for that. I don't. I don't know, like, it feels like 6 is okay for that with strapped on a body and maybe seven's too much, but I don't know. Like, again, it's just like whether I'd run, like, this versus, like, uh, Gaia's Revenge or Hornet Queen or Avenger of Zendikar and uh, Palaka Worm, like, I don't know. I'm giving a shrug sign. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it does nearly enough. Yeah. I think there are much better big ramp targets in green specifically, that we don't need this guy. Yeah. Like, I think Hornet Queen, I think, feels like it's a little underplayed in cubes right now. But yeah, I mean, Hornet Queen's real good. Uh, the Woodfall Primus we mentioned earlier. I think Avenger of Zendikar is better. Yeah. I don't know how many more big, giant, green three drops you need, but... Yeah. Those seem like enough to me. It does have good art, but that's, uh, that's about it. So, yeah. So the meat and the potatoes of the set, which I guess is really what matters, is the multicolor. And there's a lot more stuff there. <laughs> yeah, there's actually some uh some good some goodies. Uh so let's well let's let's just go ahead and, and jump on it here. Which uh, guild do you want to start with? I don't know. I kinda organized it Boros, Orzov, Simic, Gruel, Demir. So do you just want to start with Boros, especially since it got like a ridiculously high amount of stuff. Sure. All right. So, um, Aurelia, the war leader, is you know I guess every uh, guild has their leader, which costs like 
uh, has at least XXYY, which are, you know, the, the guild's mana costs. And this one is, you know, is like the... And I was initially spoiled unintentionally months ago. And I think we talked about it a little bit. Um, essentially, two wet, white, white, red, red for a 3-4. Flying base... Flying Vigilance Haste. And whenever she attacks for the first time each turn, untap all other creatures you control. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. So, like, I think I talked about it when we were recording. Uh, I think it was maybe our last episode or the one before that, maybe. And I was like, I think this card is actually pretty good. And you just, like, it almost always deals six, and then if you can attack with anything else, it's just absurd. Like, if you, especially with, like, tap effects. Like, if you get it with, like, a Master of the Wild Hunter, even just, like, I don't know, Cunning Spark Mage, it's pretty sick. Or any other creature that can get in there. Um, but... I'm not including it in my cube right now just because, like, competition is insane right now. Like, if there wasn't the rest of the set that was spoiled and it was just Aurelia, I'd definitely play it. But right now, just, like, I, there's, there's no room. This thing is, that Aurelia is, this competition is absurd. Right, and I think, you know, uh, you know, I recently talked about it. I found that for a large, expensive Boros drop, I feel like uh, Gazella is just better. That card, outside of direct removal, outside of like a a Doomblade or a Oblivion Ring or something like that, that it's real hard to lose with that card in play. And this one, I mean, I, even if you compare them side by side, one may be more expensive, but one wins the game on its you know one cracks for ten on its own the first time and protects your life total. This one allows you to attack twice, but, you know, there are obviously other things involved, like having more creatures in play, and I, I don't know. I, I I think it has direct competition that just is better than it is. Yeah, is, I mean, I'd uh, rather play Aurelia than Gisela, but, like, I, at, right now I wouldn't play either, just because competition is just insane. See, I think you're completely wrong. I think Gisela is way better than Aurelia. I don't, I don't know. I actually, I don't. I don't think I'd agree with that. I you have to unfortunately, I'm telling you, it's one of those things you have to play with. I have now had Gazella in my queue for a couple of months, and every time it's in play, the controller has won the game, and it's become real hard to win the game at that point forward. Where Aurelia, and I've seen it both in aggressive decks and in, well, I should say mid range decks and in uh, control decks. Um, in mid-range decks and control decks, you're not playing, you know, six is a very real possibility. Um, even if you're looking at aggro decks, how often, how many six drops are you playing in your aggressive decks? Yeah, not too many, and I think that's what also and that's kind why, of pushes... And that's why this card doesn't fit, because it works, the, the best home for it is in an aggressive deck. Um, the best home for Gazella is in a mid-range or, I mean, it can fit in all three, but the fact that you can play it in mid-range and control, and the fact that it not only protects your life total, um, but also makes combat nearly impossible if you have any creatures. Um, it it's very much falls into the Elish Norn side of things, where all of a sudden you just realize that your creatures just don't compare up to their creatures anymore, and you can't make any headway. 
Yes, it's like, uh, well, how am I supposed to attack now? <laughs> kind of thing. Right, exactly. It's like, okay, well, I can do this, and I can I can attack here, and then I can burn him out. I can burn them out from here. And then they're like, Gazella, and you're like, well, I guess I can attack, and all my burn spells do half as much now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, you know, and Gazella, almost impossible to kill with damage because it literally is going to take 10 damage to kill it. Um, it has to be a direct removal spell, like I said, a a destroy target creature type thing, um, or a mass removal spell. And the fact that, you know, and it by itself on an empty board swings for 10 and protects your life total, um, makes all your other creatures better, makes all their other creatures worse, and makes all their burn spells worse. I, I don't think it's remotely close between Gisela and Aurelia. I don't know. I, and, I really. And I would only say that from direct experience and seeing it, and having it be multiple times of it being played against me, or it being played, you know, watching it and watching the opponent just go, "Well, I guess I can't win now." Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I think, I think Aurelia. I think that's going to push her out of a lot of cubes. Is yeah, like a lot of the six mana cards, like you play in aggressive decks, like all like the Inferno Titans. Uh, Trying to think of anything else, like. Yeah, mainly, like, Inferno Titan kind of cards, uh, Massacre Worm kind of things, where it's, like, it, there's not enough room for it. I do think it's a little disingenuous to say, like, this card is just, like, so much better, because I don't really think Gisela is. Like, there are a lot of times when you can just win directly on the spot with um, Aurelia, just, like, right. especially if you have... Okay, so let's, let, well, let's examine some of those scenarios, if you want to compare them side by side. So let's say... So it says basically that your guys get to attack twice, right? So yeah. Aurelius says your guys attack twice, which means how much damage are they doing? Doing double, right? Yeah. Okay. So on that sense, same as the difference there is with Gazella in play, your guys also deal twice damage. The difference is that you get to attack with Aurelia twice in the meantime. So you get additional damage there. However, it does not protect your own creatures like Gazella does. For example, if you attack, your opponents can't make trading blocks, where if on a crowded board with Aurelia, your opponent, if your opponent makes trading blocks, you're not untapping that many creatures to attack again. Or if your opponent is just making blocks of, oh, my 4-4, four, four, you know, if, you're, if your creatures are outsized at all, let's say against, uh, like you said, you know, the aforementioned aggressive-ish type deck versus a mid-range deck, typically their creatures are going to be larger than yours. The attacking twice, since it's not giving them a bo- like a power bonus to attack through their creatures, in that kind of situation, that actually doesn't do a whole heck of a lot, except for attack for six on its own. If yeah, but even that. still, like, sometimes that by itself is definitely like windy the game. Like, sure, I mean, but you know, but I don't, but I don't think, I don't think Gazella is like so the real slam like, like so much better. Like, I, I do find like the terms like you know like strictly better and you know whatnot do tend to get. Like, I, I, well, I didn't say strictly better. Oh, I know. I'm just, I'm just okay. soapboxing on that term. <laughs> well, which is fine, but I, I'm, I'm, I have been. Duly impressed by Gazella's performance, and I don't think in a lot of those situations that Aurelia wouldn't would have done anything close to what Gazella has done. And I, while I haven't tested Aurelia, um, I've been impressed enough with 
Gazella's impact that actually I'm just not that interested in testing Aurelia because I feel like I have found a perfect big Boros drop for, you know, instead of it just being six aggressive cards or whatever, seven aggressive cards in a guild, it's kind of nice to have a a nod to the mid-range or control-type variants, and I think Gazella plays that role better than Aurelia does. Yeah. Which I, I don't... I don't I, I guess I'm a little unsure how you can argue that Aurelia is better in a mid-range or control deck. I mean, I'm not saying in control, no. like, you wouldn't play Gazella, I mean, you wouldn't play Aurelia in a control deck, but I think in mid-range she's, especially if you have a, like, if you're, you have enough ways to take advantage of, like, the tap or just, like, ways to outmuscle their creatures, like, I don't right, think... Right, but well, my point is that Gazella does the same thing. Yeah, but it also costs seven mana, too. I mean, it's one more mana. Yeah. I, I don't think the difference between six and seven is a, as huge in non-aggressive decks. Yeah, agree. Like, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not paying, like, I have a chance of, I, I will realistically give myself a chance to hit six mana in aggressive decks, but I don't ever expect to hit seven and not just be dead. So I, I think, I, I don't know, I, uh, we're just going to have to disagree on that one because, I, like I said, I've seen one live multiple times, and obviously I have not seen Aurelia's impact, but um, I'm convinced enough that I have no strong interest in needing to try out Aurelia because I don't think she'll fill the role nearly as nicely. Will there be situations where she'll be better? Well, yeah, sure. I'm sure there are situations where being able to crack twice with your guys, but I think the ability to not die when Gazelle is in play, like the damage reduction to both you and your creatures, I think is much more impactful than I ever thought it would be before actually seeing it in play. Yeah. And I do think that's pretty huge on it as well. Are you going to keep Gazelle in your cube after Gatecrush? I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm working on it. I would like to. Um, I'd like to find a way to do it. And adding the, you know, some of the other slots... Um, I, I think there are a couple cards that I can remove. Um, I think I, I'm going to swap in uh, Reckoner for Hedge Mage. Um, and I, the, the big problem is finding what to cut for Boros Charm. Yeah. Are you uh, keeping Legion, uh, whatever the Goblin no, no, Legion? No, no, Legion, no, he's, he's gone. Okay. And, and maybe, that's the, maybe that's the cut that just needs to be made. No, he's he should have been gone in a previous in a previous iteration or a previous update, but I'll have to take a look. If he's still in there then he needs to go for Boros Charm, so Yeah. I remember because I remember you were running him for a while, but I yeah, don't remember if he's still are. You know, he was much better before damage on the stack. You know, I had a special place for him because he pretty much helped me, you know, win an invite to the first Hawaii Pro Tour. Uh so, but, you know, I think his time has gone because, you know, if, if he is still in there, then Boros Charm needs to go. Then yeah. he needs for Boros Charm, so. Speaking of red-white mid-range cards, Aurelia's Fury. So a red, a white, and an X instant deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and or players. Tap each creature dealt damage this way. Players dealt damage this way can't cast non-creature spells this turn. All right. So th- I think this card's the real deal. Yeah. Unfortunately, I just don't know in in what role it fits. 
Um, yeah, there I don't are know lots how of scenarios where this card can just turn around a game so fast. I mean, even at, you know, let's say you're playing your aggressive deck and you're kind of going along. Uh, even at just, like, five mana, you know, if you know, eventually your game's going to hit a stall. Or, you know, this you can just play it for four mana, tap two of your blockers, kill you. Um, but even at, like, when it hits that later game stall, as you're accumulating mana, I mean, you can just, during your, you know, during your opponent's uh, upkeep, you can just tap their guys and hit them for one. Yeah. And even like, just, like, tapping all their guys is pretty huge. Like, right. I, I remember, like, in Shards of Limited, Shards of uh, Limited, um, and that was the last format I think I really played a lot of Limited. Like, I remember, it seemed like every time I would just, like, this against this one guy, I would, like, always seem to, you know, get a really good board state, and it was, like, EOT, Naya, Charm, tap your team, kill you. It's just like, ah. <laughs> and, like, next time I'd play, it would be the same thing, or it's just, like, Really good board position, and it's like EOT, Naya, Charm, Kill, you. it's like, ah. <laughs> right, no. stop it. Like, not cool. But, yeah, I, I don't know, like, yeah, I just, I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just really a fan. Like, it's Rolling Thunder, which is all right, with, combined with, it, it's so many effects just stapled in one, it's like Rolling Thunder and Blinding Beam and kind of silence kind of thing, or, or, uh, or, I guess, like, advance or something like that. Just a lot of, like, really interesting effects. And it's just like, well, it, it's, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I like it. It's just going to be a matter of, I think, finding space for it. Yeah. Because, well, I, I do like it as, as an aggressive card. I do like it as a mid-range card. Um, it's just a matter of, of making sure I have enough you know, enough, uh, enough spots for it. Yeah, and that's, I think that's the thing in Boros, it's just, like, it's getting ridiculously tight, um, with a lot of these slots, or, you know, with the competition. Boros Charm, I think, is really just pretty, pretty insane. Um, so we'll talk about the next, like, Boros Charm, red and white, instant, choose one, deals four to target player, or permanents you control are indestructible this turn, or target creature gains double strike until end of turn. Yeah, I mean, just include it in your cube. I don't really know how much. Yeah, how much discussion there needs to be. Uh, I do feel like one of the unfortunate things I think about Boros Charm is that like it doesn't do much when you're behind. It's mainly just like to push the gas on, but I still think that's fine. Like even if it's just deal for to target player and then occasionally give something like indestructible or double strike, like that's that's still really good. I mean, it also can double as a uh, very efficient planeswalker uh, management in that, you know, four damage at instant speed can really help you dig out from under a planeswalker. Um, yeah, you can just burn them, but there are certainly games where you have to address a uh, an Elspeth Terrell or an Elspeth uh, Knight Errant yeah. yeah. or uh, or, yeah, you're like their big Garrick or something, which they just plus. You're like, well, i got to kill this stupid thing, or I'm just dead. Right, right. So, I mean, I think it gives you an opportunity to do that. The indestructible thing, obviously, is great, because it's, you, you now can, you know, you hold your mana up against rats, and their their big rat, their big sweeper are now, you know, neutered. And then every once in a while, you'll just, you know, possibly win a game with a double-striking creature. I had that happen in testing with a sword. 
was like, what sort of feast and fam? <laughs> right, like, right, untap my lands, the second trigger on the stack, burn you again, untap my lands. Yeah, know. it was pretty nice. I was you like, wow. That You could do things like, uh, you know, hit you with sort of, I mean, even with with any sword, really, and just to get double triggers, I mean, mill, mill you for 20, make mm-hmm. two wolves, uh, draw two cards and shock two other things. Even, well, you know, two War and Peace triggers can be super solid. So, I mean, well, this card you, is just very, very good. There's a reason. That, like, you'd have to do it, like, pre-comp. You'd have to, like, Boros Charm and then equip because the pro-red is kind of, which is a little bit of a nombo. But, like, you can still definitely make it work. Sure. But, yeah, it's, it's really good. I'm a big fan. The the next two cards, I think, are just ones that, um, I don't know, like, we can just maybe talk about them for a little bit. The, they're essentially two mana, two twos. Uh, the Guild Mage and True Fire Paladin, they're essentially two mana, two twos with abilities. And, like, the Guild Mage, for one and a red, creatures you control get plus one, plus zero to EOT. And then for two red and a white, put a one one red and white soldier with haste. And True Fire Paladin... 2-2 two, two Vigilance, spend red and white, it gets plus 2, plus 0 oh, till EOT, or it gains first strike till end of turn. And I think this is just another card which I think, like, years ago would probably have been fine. Like, Sunhome Guild Mage, I think, would have been a lot, would have, you know, been pretty successful, I think, in cubes, like, years ago. But, again, it's just competition's insane. Does the, uh, does the Guild Mage cost one and a red to pump your guys, or one a red and a white to pump your guys? One, one a red and a white. Okay, because I think you originally said one red. Oh, my bad. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I just thought I heard that. I'm like, wait a second. I think that'll make it better. I think these are just victims. Once again, these are I think victims of circumstance. Um, I mean, wildfire. Uh, there, you know, not wildfire emissary. There's another card that I was thinking about. That another example of o- older card used to be awesome. You know, I, I just think the competition's way too stiff now for these cards to make it in. I do remember uh, Wildfire Emissary used to be, like, super nutty back in the day. And now right, it's just, right. Like, and maybe that is the card I'm thinking about. It's the yeah. the red card that has pro-white. Yeah, it's, like, it. three and a red for a 2-4 pro-white, and you can pump it for a red and a white for plus one, plus oh. I know it was a colorless and a red, I think. Yeah, like, that card used to be outstanding. And yeah. now, like, they printed that card. It's kind of embarrassing. I mean, you know, with the way that magic's gone. So... And, I, I and like, if uh, if they were to reprint, like, Ernam Jin, it would be the same thing, too. Like, Ernam Jin would just get laughed at nowadays. Right, like, that guy used to be so sweet. Yeah, now he's just like... Oh, no, not so much. I'm like, lol, no. Uh, Boros Reckoner, which I guess the last card in Boros, kind of interesting, uh, given our earlier discussion. Um, so it's three red-white hybrids, so red-white, red-white, red-white. Um, whenever it's dealt damage... It deals that much damage to target creature or player, and you could spend a red-white hybrid to give it first strike till end of turn, and it's a 3-3. Probably should put that on there, but yeah, we you know that. But yeah, it's like, it's kind of interesting, like, uh, like Spite Mare was, I think, kind of just, like, kind of on the outside looking in on a lot of cubes, justifying, you know, justifyingly so, but I think it's just that one mana just made it a lot better, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like, especially for, like, a, an aggressive creature. And it's like, yeah, because Spitemare essentially is the same thing. It's like, whenever Spitemare is built damage, it deals that much damage to target creature or player. And, like, in that format in, uh, what was that, Eventide or whatever, 
Yeah, in Eventide, that was that card was just like so annoying to deal with. Just like, what? Are, what how am I supposed to block this this idiot? Like, right? Can't, yeah, I can't deal real with hard to block. And now he's more meta efficient. Yeah, and can randomly get first strike, which which is certainly a thing. Like against like, uh, you know, it's a, I think it's more relevant and constructed with like cards like Thrag Tusk being a bigger part of the format. But even still, like, you can't gang block this thing. Very well, at least. No, I mean you're just you, you're definitely getting punished for for trying to do for trying to kill this guy with means uh, other than you know when you're trying to kill him with non remo- straight up removal non burn like trying to kill this guy with damage it's real tough. I mean yeah. it's to the point now where there are stores online selling out of blasphemous act because of this guy. Wow. Yeah, and I think, like, uh... You have two of them in play. I'll Blasphemous Act. You're dead! Mm-hmm. I think, uh... There's a deck like that on the Pro Tour, I think. Like, I think Martell or something is playing that deck, I think. Yep. Yep. It's pretty, that. uh... Pretty good. Deal, deal, uh, 13. Sure. <laughs> so I guess that wraps up Boros. Like, yeah, it got a lot of, like, Fury. Like, Boros Charm is a pretty easy include. Fury, Reckoner... Um, you know, those are definitely some really strong includes as well. But yeah, just like, yeah, it just got a lot of really good stuff. It kind of feels like Golgari did, where it was just like already strong, and then it got these other really good cards. It's like, what? How am I supposed to fit these in now? <laughs> right. Come on. Yeah, uh, or, they definitely got the most help yeah. out, of, out of all the guilds. Um, uh, next, Orzov, which got, I don't know, it got, it got some, well, I guess it got, got a card. <laughs> So Alms Beast is another one I think kind of gets, uh, I guess, kind of pushed out by competition. So it's a two, a black and a white. So four mana for a 6-6. Six, six. All creatures blocking it and blocked by it gain lifelink. I think it, I actually think it's not bad, but again, just competition's insane. Like, its drawback I don't think is necessarily all that bad, especially if, like, you're in a control deck or a mid-rangey kind of deck. Yeah, I mean, this guy is big. I mean, and I, I just don't, I mean, 6-6 six, six or 4 is super big. Yeah, like, yeah, they gave lifelink or whatever, but who cares, kind of. Like, all right, so they get to gain a little bit of life, but I have this enormous 6-6. Six, six. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I don't think it's good enough for Cube. I think it may, like, if it was, like, too white-white, oh, my God, I'd put it in my white section. But, like, I don't think the, uh, or for two black-black, even. Um, yeah. But I don't think that, I, I I think there are too many other interesting black-white cards um, to put in, rather than just having a vanilla 6-6 six, six or 4. I think it's also just competition. Just in yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I think, I just think it's too deep. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of sad, because I think it's actually a fine card. It's just, yeah, them's the breaks. Um, Merciless Eviction, I don't really think is... Yeah, for a black and white sorcery, choose one. Exile all artifacts, all creatures, all enchantments, or all planeswalkers. And this card kind of reminds me of our favorite um, six-mana Wrath, and not not in a serious way, because that would be, uh, or at least mine is Catastrophe. This one kind of reminds me more of 
austere command, which we've called awkward command. Yeah, awkward command. Because it just, like, it's probably going to wrath most of the time. And, I, and it can do some other things as well, like it can kill all enchantments. and But it just doesn't seem like it's worth the upside. You know, it's just like the extra mana. I mean, it's two extra mana. Come on. Sure. And especially with with Wrath, where it's like, you just want to play him early as soon as possible, so, you're just, so you don't just die to an aggro horde, and it's just like, oh, I guess I can I can kill all enchantments. I, I killed your control magic. It's like, no. Like, you know, we said before that, yeah, Austere Commander, Awkward Command, just isn't, I, I'm not really a big fan of that card, and I think this, in a tighter competition, is just no good. Not not mm-hmm. feeling it. Obsidat, Ghost Council, one black, black, white, white, 5-5, five, five, legendary spirit or something. Um, when it enters the battlefield, target opponent loses two life and you gain two life. At the beginning of your end step, you may exile Obsidat. If you do, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of your next upkeep. It gains haste. So, funny story. When I first saw this card... Um, on the preview, um, I thought its last ability was just like, was like a nod to the old Ghost Council where like you have to sacrifice a creature to do that. Uh huh. To exile, I'm like, that's not bad. Like, you know, it's a, it's a bigger version, you know, you, you can protect it, and you, you know, you can, you gain more life, and that's kinda cool. And then I reread it again, and it was like, oh no, you just, uh, you do that for free at the end of your turn. It's like, what? Uh, it's like, what? This is, what? I was like, that's absurd. And I remember when I posted about it on Twitter, I think someone was like, well, there's a lot of instant speed removal, like swords to plowshares and path. Is it really that good? I'm like, yeah. Yes. Because, like, I think I talked about it in, in the article that I did for it, and I'll I'll bring that up real quick, um, see if it's there. Um, but essentially, I think there was, like, the... Um, let's see if I can find it here. You know, there's obviously, like, Swords and Path. Let's see. Uh, but, yeah, there's not much that kills it. Like, unconditionally, let's see, Obsidat. Yeah, so, instant speed removal that unconditionally kills it. At least yeah, that's played in a lot of cubes and just straight up kills it. Um, Anthony, I want you to guess how many. Hmm. And this is effects too, so like, uh, you know, like, uh. Alright, so. Like a less, say less than X. Uh, let's see. And you're talking about. The instant speed removal, like, because, like, most of the time it's right to just blink it out, EOT. Right, right, right. I mean, uh, although you get. Yeah, that's right, because it comes into play and you need to blink it. Alright, let me think. Uh, so instant speed removal that unconditionally kills it. So I'm not counting like tragic slip or brimstone volley because it. Right, right, right. All right, let me think. Uh, give me a second here. Uh, let's say less than five. Close. I, I counted one. I counted seven. So the ones I counted were Terminate, Path to Exile, Swords of Plowshares, Go for the Throat, Navinuril's Disc, Aurelius Fury, and Diabolic Edict. And I could probably put O-Stone in there. I'm not sure how many cubes play that nowadays, but that, that's another one as well. Um, and then other ones like um, Parallax Wave, I didn't count because it neutralizes it, although most of the time it's almost as good as removal. 
Um, there's Icy Manipulator and Ring of Jicks, where I didn't count, because I don't know if a lot of cubes play that nowadays. And then there's stuff like an instant speed bonfire or, like, multiple um, burn spells, like Incinerate and Bolt or something, or, uh, you know, some other things. Like, if you sneak attack, like, a creature big enough to kill it. But, like, that's that's it. There's not much that kills this thing. Like, it's just, it's pretty absurd. Like, uh, yeah, it's just really hard to race. Like, I, I, I really like it. Like, it's, you know, it's, like, really hard to race... Um, attacks. I think it works. Would you play it in a black white aggro deck? Yeah, no, you play certainly play it as a curve topper in a black white aggro deck. Agreed. Would you play it over? Um, I think it like in black white mid range. Do you think like Obsidian's better than Batterskull? Um, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I certainly think it's very good. Like, I, it's kind of kind of a hard card to compare. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, I mean, it just, like, closes out games just, like, really quick. And especially, like, if they don't have a way to block it. Like, a lot of the times when I played it, it was just, like, even if it was just being, like, a five-mana sulfuric vortex that gains you life, yeah, that's that's just still pretty good. <laughs> I can't complain. Right, that card's still real solid. I remember, like, the one time I drafted it, I had it, and pretty sure I had my opponent on the ropes. But my opponent had Maloku and Umisawa's Jite. I could not race it, and I just died. Yep, yep. I was like, but still, yeah, it's uh, pretty absurd. Um, Orzov Charm, uh, a black and white instant. Choose one. Turn target creature you control and all auras you control attached to it to their owner's hands. Or destroy target creature and you lose life equal to that creature's toughness. Or... Return target creature card with converted mana cost of one or less to your graveyard from your graveyard to the battlefield. Meh, I, I don't know. I, I'm not really big on Orzhov Charm. I gotta say. Yeah, not not that big a fan. I, I mean, remember, it, it does some decent things, but meh. it feels like like I remember a lot of people were really gung ho about it when it first got spoiled. I'm like, am I? Uh, I talked to my friend TJ about it. I'm like, am I going crazy or is this card just not seem very good? Like. Like, there was a card in, uh, what was it? Devouring Shadow. I forget what set it's from. It was from the OG Mirrodin. I think Darksteel? Yeah, that sounds about right. It was, it was essentially that middle mode. It's like, destroy target creature, and you lose life equal to that creature's toughness. Which, I mean, that's it's 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 not bad. It's not great. And then, like, but I, I feel like if the other modes were more high impact, I would have liked the card a lot more, because it would, like, well, it's... It can kill a creature unconditionally, and then it has two other modes which are decent. Mm-hmm. Like if, for example, it was a, I don't know, if the first mode was flicker or something, and then the last one was, I don't know, unearth or something, or even like a two drop or something. Or I don't think they would be able to do two though because of Snapcaster Mage and Standard. So I guess they kind of were limited on that. But even like say if it was, let's say it was yeah, blink a creature. And then Devour and Shadow. I think I would have liked a lot more, but yeah, in this current iteration, I just don't like it. Not not, not a fan. Next card, uh, Immortal Servitude. I, 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 I misread this card even, um, but yeah, X, triple black-white hybrid. Return each creature with converted mana cost X from your graveyard to the battlefield. So, funny thing is, I actually thought it was X or less. I'm like, it's just still not very good. But it's only X, so that's like super bad. 
Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, that it got even worse. Like, I didn't even know, and I was like, ugh. Uh, See, so yeah, that wraps up Orzov. Uh, got Obsidat. So. It got Obsidat and uh, I guess Alms Beast, but not mu- not much else. Yeah, Obsidat's the big one. Yeah. Uh, Simic, uh, Master Biomancer. I guess we can talk about that one first. I guess I have these listed alphabetically, so. Um, so it's two and a, a two and blue green for a two four. Each creature you control enters a battlefield with a number of plus one, a number of additional plus one plus one counters on it, equal to Master Biomancer's power, and is a mutant in addition to its other types. So essentially, your creatures now enter the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters, and it's uh, two. It's four mana for two four. I don't, I don't think it's bad. I'm, I, I, I certainly think it's it's interesting and decent. Um, I remember somebody saying like, um, it's like worse than Druid's Familiar or something, and I was like, no, are you kidding? <laughs> no, that's a that's, no. But like, I do think, I do wonder if it's one of those cards that just gets pushed out because of a competition and b because blues fours are r- ridiculous. Yeah, I. I think there's possibly room for this card. Um, I think if you support a big token theme, I think this card becomes even better um, because the possibility just for uh, abuse becomes pretty high, um, especially if you're looking at something like a... Uh, you like a Durant term, a, a, insane. A token theme or something like that, or even, right, even just with a... Uh, uh, any of the five drop make token things, yeah, it comes real, real good. Um, this with like Geist Honored Monk, that would be pretty sick, <laughs> right? With Geist Honored Monk or with uh, you know a Deranged Hermit, yeah, or Maloku or something. Although Maloku is pretty sick as is, right? I mean, there's just a bunch of creatures that can benefit from, yeah. And I do think it also makes your elves like three threes in the late game, which can't be ignored. And I think that's also where I think like the whole like it's worse than druids familiar things just seems a little silly. It's like, well, I'll make my elves three threes or something, or just like gives a lot of extra value. But yeah, I don't know. I do like it. I think it's it feels a little underrated. But yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think it's decent. I just don't know how much I want to play it. Yeah, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that's, and that's the big thing. Because I feel like the next card, if I'm going to play a uh, one of the new blue-green cards, I feel like it's going to be Prime Speaker Zagana. Yeah, that card I really am a fan of. Which is, you know, two green-green, blue-blue. It is a 1-1, one, one, but it enters the... It comes into play with plus one, plus one counters equal to the number of the greatest power of other creatures you control, and then you draw cards equal to its power. Um, yeah. And honestly, this card like, can go from pretty good to pretty insane. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like one of those things, like, I learned with cards like Massacorum and Elishnorn is just how many, and I, I, I've probably said this like a thousand times on the cast, but yeah, whatever, it's actually relevant, but like, where you'll just have a bunch of random tutus, especially in blue and green, that are just kind of standing there, just like, well, I'm a man or I bounce something. Hey, how you doing? Or just like, you know, hey, I'm a, 
I'm a wicker bow elder. I killed an artifact. I'm just uh, chilling and attacking for four. And it does feel like there are, there's, you know, the obvious worst case scenario where, like, oh my god, they, uh, they kill the guy in response and you just have a 1 1. Or you have nothing and it's a six mana Elvish Visionary. It doesn't really happen too much. Yeah, I mean, I think saying it's a six mana Elvish Visionary is worst case scenario. Yeah, it's like laughably bad. It's like laughably bad. <laughs> I mean, if you have, if you just have a 3 3 in play, you now have a 4 4 and you draw four cards for six mana. Yeah. That seems pretty good to me. I don't yeah, know about other people, but... Or even, like, Batterskull or something. It's like, oh, dear. Now it's a 5-5 five five or something. I do wish it was maybe... I do wish it was maybe toughness as well or something, or some kind of thing where you could do its power or its toughness, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, or it's, like, uh, the greatest power or, like, maybe greatest power or toughness. Like, so you could take advantage of, like, Wall of Blossoms or Wall of Roots, but still, who cares? Like, that thing's absurd. Like, yeah, I'll, just, I'll draw... Most of the time, it's going to draw three... And then, like, the ceiling on it is insane, especially, like, if you have a titan with it or, like, any, oh, like a dragon. It's just, like, sure, I guess I'll draw my, I'll draw all these cards. Uh, Simic Charm, uh, instant, costs a blue and a green, choose one. Target creature gets plus three, plus three till end of turn. Creatures you control gain hexproof till EOT. Or turn target creature to its owner's hand. I don't know, like... What do you think? Well, I had three of these in my sealed pool. Oh, jeez. And uh, what inevitably would happen to me, obviously this is a different format, but is I would, you know, could make a trade, or I, I never used the hexproof thing, or bounce the creature, and then they just replayed it, and then I died because I couldn't draw any more creatures. But in cube, like, it's got decent options. Um, plus three, plus three. You know, it's, you know, an overcosted uh giant growth. All your permanents gain hexproof. I think that's a pretty decent ability. Um basically counter spell for removal spells, counter spell for Aurelius Fury, uh counter spell <laughs> for all you know, for a lot of different things. Um and then bouncing a creature. Yeah, bouncing a creature, you know, fine. But you know, Boomerang isn't anywhere close to inclusion. So the question is, is like like with uh, Is a Charm, are all three modes, or Boros Charm, are all three modes total good enough to play it? Yeah, and uh, I do feel like it kind of compares a little bit to Is it Charm, where it's just like all the modes are kind of overcosted, but it's like where, like, you know, like a Spell Pierce, Shock, and Careful Study are you know, all one-mana spells, and, uh, you know, just, like, you're paying for the overall package, and I guess I kind of feel that with Simic Charm, although I don't think the modes individually are, are as good as Izzet Charms, like, Shock, Spell Pierce, Careful Study aren't as good as uh, Giant Growth, Unsummon, and, I don't know, Museum Skin, or Find the Vast, I don't know, whatever, whichever... I don't think there is really a, a an, an analog, but I guess Mizian skin or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's I feel like it's close. Yeah. Um, and maybe in an, a, in a larger section, I think it can make it. Um, but I, as far as inclusions in this set, I feel like I want uh, Zagana over it, 
And if that leaves you enough room, I think, to play this card, then by all means, you can. I'd, I'd much rather, like, play Simic Charm than something like Coiling Oracle or Cold-Eyed yes. Selkie or whatever. Right, right. I definitely feel like it's better than those. But, you know, I think we've gotten a few cards recently that are pretty good uh, blue-green cards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the uh, Edric is super sweet. Yeah. Um, this car, uh, Shardless Zidana, Agent, I think is, is real good. Shardless Agent, I think, is a real good step up, even though there's a, a a lot of people out there who are just like, I don't get why this card's good. Um, yeah, it's like the Cascades and <laughs> Cascades and other things. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it. Somebody on Twitter, I think, was talking about how there may be a divide between like tempo blue green and like ramp blue green, and that made you know, may show, like, which cards end up being played in, like, you know, maybe, like, if someone would play, like, Simic Charm over Zagana, or if they would play, like, um, or might, like, not play uh, Shardless Agent or something, or may choose to include or exclude cards, and not not necessarily because one is better or worse, just because of what archetypes are being supported kind of thing. And I'm wondering if Simic Charm will be like that, where I think, like, uh, Trigon Predator... Uh, is pretty universally playable in just about any blue-green archetype. Sure. Uh, I'm trying to think of others, like uh, Edric, I think is... Um, I don't think it's necessarily too embarrassing, even, like, blue-green ramp, I think. I think it's still fine. I don't know. But I think, I think that maybe there's, like, that kind of divide which may choose, like... I think Sagana, I would play... I think I might just play that in, like, blue-green tempo as well, just as, like, play, play a decent-sized threat, refill my hand is pretty absurd. But yeah, I think they may choose, like, what cards get played in whichever sections. But I don't know. Yeah, Simic Charm, I think, is definitely uh, kind of like what I said with the Daring Skyjack thing, although I think Simic Charm is much better. It kind of provides options, and I'm definitely a fan of when, when sets do that. Uh, Urban Evolution. Uh, three, blue-green, sorcery. Draw three cards. You may play an additional land this turn. So it's essentially... Uh, explore and divination, essentially, literally stapled onto a card. Right. And I don't know, like, it just feels like this cost is way too much. Yeah, but I like, I mean, I like the card. I like where it's places. I like, I like what it's trying to do. I like the flavor of it. I like everything about it. Except for I don't like that it costs five mana. Yeah, five mana is, is just seems like way too much. I feel like if this were four mana and said draw two cards and play an additional land, I might be more interested in it. Yeah, especially since it works pretty well with like um, two mana accelerants or one mana accelerants, like uh, uh, whatever first turn, second turn, signet, mana rock, um, well of roots or whatever, and then third turn you could play this, and that would work well with that as well. But yeah, I just. I don't know, but it feels like five mana is way too much. Like, especially, again, as I usually seem to say, like competition at five mana. I think it's more prominent in green than in blue. Like, you know, with cards like Stomp Howler, Pacific Slime, Big Garrick, uh, you know, Thrag Tusk, etc. And I don't know, it just seems like it, it may be a card that I would probably end up splashing more than playing in main deck, I think. Do you think that might be correct to say? Like, in, like, a generic... Like, a blue-black splashing green? Although, I don't know if I'd want to splash for this, you know? 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's this is another close, and I feel like it's the heart. Its heart's in the right place, and I feel like if this were a number of years ago, this could easily go in to help support like the ramp type deck. That said, if you are a big blue green ramp proponent, I think this card is where you want to be. I mean, it does say draw three cards and play an extra land. Like, yeah, seems fine. But I, I'm just not particularly excited by it, even though I do like the design of it. Yeah, design-wise, I really like it. The art art is nice, too. It's nice as well. Uh, so I guess that wraps up Simic. Uh, Gruul? Uh, is there much in Gruul? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not too particularly impressed with any of the cards. Um, Clan Defiance is okay. It's, you know, it's another one of these X-Spells. Uh, basically, it's X, red, green, but it's a sorcery. Yeah. Uh, you can choose different modes. You can, you know, uh, choose one or more. Is that what it says? Yeah, so you can you can do all three. If so you can do all three. Uh, X to a target creature with flying, X to a target creature without flying, or X to a target player. Um, it's like the biggest branching bolt ever. Right. Hit it's a like player if you want. Bolt, but you know, I'm trying to think of... All the different, well, you know, my red-green decks play very much either uh, ramp-style or uh, aggressive. Um, usually they tend towards the aggressive to mid-range. And I'm just trying to think of at what modes I would be happy with playing this. If this were an instant, I think it would be a completely different story. Um, but, like, I, I, you know, in order, you know, obviously you're, you're going to use two modes of this all the time. You're going to deal damage to a creature of some sort, and you're going to go to their face. Um, but I don't know how often I want to do that at sorcery speed and spend a bunch of mana to do it. Yeah. And that also may be just more of like a splash spell. Like maybe like green and then splashing red for like maybe that and like a fireball or something. Like green, black. Splashing red for like that and maybe another burn spell. But... Yeah, I, I'm just not feeling this. Like, most of the time it's going to hit a creature and their face for, I don't know, however much, four, five mana or something. I don't, I don't know. I'm just not, not really feeling it. The, uh, Domri Rod, or Domri Raid, I don't know how it's pronounced. don't know if it really matters. Uh, one, a red and a green. Uh, starts at loyalty three. It's not a L3 judge. It's loyalty, loyalty three. Um... Plus one, look at the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. Oh, it's a maze, so you can do a little mind tricks. Minus two, target creature you control fights another target creature. Or minus seven, you get an emblem with creatures you control have double strike, trample, hexproof, and haste. So your creatures, I guess, win the game or something. I don't know. I think, yeah, I, my opinion is pretty much the same as it was when we talked about it earlier. It's pretty good. Like, and I think it's like, especially in like the mid-rangey kind of decks or, you know, those kind of decks which have a bunch of creatures, I think it's more just kind of, I wouldn't play an aggro, like I think somebody on a different discussion forum or something was like, uh, yeah, this sucks in aggro. I'm like, why are you playing this in aggro? Like, <laughs> what's wrong, dude? Don't play an aggro then. Don't play... You know, don't play that there. But, yeah, I think it's not bad. I just, yeah, it does seem like it's more at home in kind of the more mid-rangey decks that have creatures that act like spells, like, you know, Flame Tonkavu and Orangutan and 
sure. whatever. Bad- oh, batter skull doesn't work. Hey, <laughs> oh. you ripped me off. <laughs> I don't know. All right, yeah, so like, I mean, I think this card's certainly decent, um, but I, I I'm just not 100 percent convinced yet. This is what you want to be doing. Um, unless you're at a, a very creature-dense deck. If you have a very creature-dense deck, then, yeah, all it does is basically draw, you know, almost draw a card each turn. Um, the fighting is fine. The, obviously, the uh, the emblem is insane. Yeah, it's like, here, guys, win. Right. <laughs> but I'm, sure. not, you know, I, I'm trying to think of if there are very many situations where... I want to be playing this instead of, you know, if I'm playing this on turn three, um, how good this is going to be. Like, I, you know, I have two creatures in play. I think, you know, if I'm an aggressive deck, I just want to be playing creatures instead on turn three. Yeah, but you, don't, you wouldn't play this in aggro. Like, no. But right, but but what other decks have a, very, have a high enough creature density that your first ability is going to be meaningful? Usually it's in, like, the mid-range decks that have creatures that... Uh, play spells like, you know, FTK and, and stuff like that. That's where I found uh, it was generally best, yeah. You know, I, I, I guess I'm just, I, I guess I'm just not convinced, but I certainly could be if this card winds up being good. Um, yeah. I, you know, it winds up testing well for other people, but to, I don't know. I, it just, it, to me, it feels like it's, because of how good a lot of the other red-green cards are in Cube, um, and we've certainly gotten quite a few in recent in recent sets, um, I, I, I'm trying to think of what this would replace, like what it would jump in front of. Um, yeah. And honestly, I think I'm a lot more excited about the next card. In, I'm not trying to move the topics there, but I think uh, the Rampager. I think is I think I like it a lot more for rural sections. But oh no, absolutely, and and that's you know what I mentioned earlier. So so Dome Rod feels like it's on the you know on the cusp. But yeah, I completely agree. I think Rampager is the where you want to be as far as the Blood Rush cards. Yeah, and I think that's. Uh, I don't know, like, yeah, it, it feels like a nice combat trick that can randomly be a four four, or I guess it could be the other way. I think I don't know. It may. I think I I mainly would play it as just a pump spell that can also just be a four four for four, which is it's not bad. Four four for four trample. Like, the trample is pretty huge on a combat trick. Like, that's that's just beautiful. Right. Yeah, especially if it's real important. Like, especially if you have something with Death Touch or something like an Acidic Slime. That's, I don't think there are many... There aren't many cube-worthy creatures with Death Touch. I think it's, what, like, Nighthawk, Wormcoil, Acidic Slime. And I think that's it? Is there, is there much else? Uh, no... Yeah, I'm kind of racking my brain here. Uh, I guess if you're on Basilisk Collar, but I don't think many cubes run that nowadays. But yeah, that's yeah, pretty absurd as is. Just as like, even if it just like, hey, I have my 3-3 three, three attacking for 4, or against your 4-4, four, four, it's like, not only do you kill their guy, but you also just trample over for 2. Right. Like, that's pretty absurd. I know you're a big fan of the combat tricks as well in cube. Yeah, I, I certainly try to include them when possible. Is this like windmill slam in for you? I, I, I like this card a lot. 
Um, the fact that, you know, I mean, I, I originally tried to run the, you know, the spell that did this, but now it's an additional to toughness. Uh, the body's not embarrassing by itself. 4-4 four, four, trample for 4 when you need it is fine. It's not great as far as cube goes, but it's still fine. Like, yeah. Sometimes you play your Crows and Tusker for 7 mana. You know? And and the, the, the spell portion of it, I think, is outstanding. I yeah. mean... This is what's, you know, the, the trample makes it great. The four power and four toughness is a lot for two mana. So, I, to me, this, this feels like an auto-include um, in an in aggressive section. So, yeah. Next two, I guess these are kind of similar to Boros, where at the end of Boros we have a, um, some two mana two twos, which I guess get pushed out from competition. Uh, Burning Tree Emissary... Uh, two red-green hybrids for a 2-2. When it enters the battlefield, add red-green to your mana pool. And Skarg Guild Mage, uh, two, uh, just a plain red-green for a 2-2. For a red-green, creatures you control gain trample till EOT, or one a red and a green, and target land you control becomes a 4-4 elemental creature till end of turn. It's still a land. Again, I think it's just like... I think they're, I think, especially, I'm not really big on Burning Tree Emissary. Um, I think it's pretty, you know, a little too low impact, but I think... Yeah, it's like, just a free Grizzly Bear or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, like, Scar Guild Mage, I think, is... Again, I, I like its ability. I like its last ability, especially. The first one, I think, is more just, like, Threat of Activation kind of thing, like, like on, uh, like, a little bit on, like, the pump kind of things like the Shades and uh, oh. all the kind of things. It's a more, like, threat of activation. Um, but the, the land ability is nice, but, yeah, it's just competition is insane. Like, right. I, 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 I just think the competition is too good. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that wraps the rule up. Uh, Demir? Uh, Demir? I don't know. I, Demir, I think, has one card that's worth looking at. Um, the Charm, I don't think, is very good. Um, counter, yeah. counter a Sorcery... Destroy a creature with two power or less, um, or look at their deck. Like, who cares about that? Yeah, you um, look at the top three or something. I, I guess yeah. if you want to set up your own miracle spells, but, like, you have to have it in the top three. Or you just, like, mess up their draw or something, which... I, I really Yeah, but, I mean, who wants to spend a card to do that? Yeah. Yeah, and to be honest, I think it's more just, like... Almost, I'd say, kind of like almost cycling in a way where it's just like if you don't feel like the other two modes are going to do much, you can you can run that out and like I'm wondering if maybe that's going to be like one of those kind of skill testing parts of the card, not not necessarily for cube, but maybe for constructed. It's just like learning when to do that exactly or when to hold it. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just veering off in territory. I have no idea what I'm talking about. That's nothing new, though. <laughs> but it's just like. Uh, again, I, I don't know. Like, I, I I actually don't think it's super bad, but, like, competition, again, just, jeez. I, I, I remember there was an old, like, one of the original cubes here in St. Louis, like, used to run and develop. And, you know, when I didn't know anything about cubes, I'm like, well, that card seems really interesting, but it doesn't seem kind of narrow. And then, you know, because I didn't know anything better, I, you know, I didn't really ask the people because, you know, I wasn't part of that clique or whatever. Um, you know, I was just like, well, maybe... Maybe they know they're, you know, maybe that that's right. And then, of course, now I'm just like, no, Envelope is garbage. You right, know, and that's just I don't think I don't think any of these modes are particularly that impressive. Um, I think it, the, the creature mode might be the best out of it. Right, but even then, like, you could 
Just add less gasp to your cube. Yeah, I was going to say, or yeah, you could just... And it does more for less, or, you know, I don't know, I... I'm not buying it. I don't feel the need. While the first ability may come in useful, they come maybe useful occasionally. It's certainly way more narrow than uh, is a charm, which yeah. you know you, you get the ability to at least target. While it's not a hard counter, at least you get the ability to target non-creatures, which you know encompasses quite a few uh, important type card types. So, yeah, I'm. Th- I mean. I, I, I can do without Boros Charm, uh, without uh, Demir yeah. Charm, rather. It's just just not nearly exciting enough for me to want to kick out some known performers. Yeah. Uh, that Dust- said, yeah, I, Dust- I think the next card is is worth taking a peek at. Yeah, Dustmantle Seer, I'm I'm a fan of as well. Uh, two and a two a blue and a black for a four four flyer. Um, at the beginning of upkeep, each player reveals the top card of his or her library. Loses life equal to that card's converted mana cost, then puts it in his, his in his or her hand. Yeah, I, I like it. It's a, I mean, it's obviously not Bob, but okay. This so a four four flyer, <laughs> right? Okay. Well, right, and you know, Morrowy is actually in a lot of people's cubes as a blue black tempo beater. Um, you know, four 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 flyer for four is real solid. Um, it does give you the Bob ability, um, which is cool. Drawing extra cards is always cool. Unfortunately, your opponent gets to use the ability first. However, this isn't, while most of the time a negative, you just don't ever want your opponents drawing extra cards, um, if you can help it. Um, I can certainly see times where this could be to your advantage, especially against you know, decks that carry, especially if you're in a in an, a tempo style, aggressive ish blue black deck, they may draw an extra card, but they may wind up taking four damage from it. Mm-hmm. And especially uh, like a lot of these kind of remember Saison's Perverter of Truth from sure. Champions. Like sure. that's where it was just like uh, it was like five mana for a six five, and then during each player's upkeep, they get like they draw, they lose two, and then draw two. But, like, they would get it first, so, like, it would go, they lose two, draw two, and then play a removal spell to kill your guy. Right. Whereas this guy at least does it on your upkeep, so, like, your opponent doesn't get the benefit until their turn, and since you're in blue, you probably have, like, if they do play anything important, you just, for the most part, usually just counter it, or you play, like, your mana leaks or whatever just to do it on the cheap while you're attacking for four. Right. And, you know, if you've been playing creatures before this and you've gotten some damage in, the four damage from this guy, uh, if he gets to connect, plus your other creatures, plus their additional drawn two cards, might just be enough to kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially if they're, like, in a control deck or something. Like, if somebody, I think of them in Salvation or something like that, talked about uh, he died because his opponent played Dustmantle Seer, and he took eight because he revealed Woodfall Primus to it. Right. Yeah, well, like, like, oh, gee. Or, you know, it might be one of the time, one of the few times where upheaval's bad for you. You're like, reveal this, take six, all right. You might just be dead before you can cast it. Mm-hmm. But, it's like, well, I'm taking- but then again, you know, like I said, I think this card is a risk-reward type of card for sure. I mean, your opponents might just draw lands on both times and then crush you because, thanks for the extra cards, idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But I think if you if you're digging like the blue black tempo deck, you like these kinds of cards that create tension within the game. Yeah. Um. I, I think this is a uh, a real solid addition. So. Would you splash this in a black red aggro deck? Absolutely. Same here. No doubt. Especially would you splash it in black white aggro? Depends on my four drops, I think. Well, it depends on my mana pool, my mana base. That too. Yeah. Um, but if it were if it were an easy splash, uh, it depends on what kind of a black white deck I am. If I am a make you discard a lot of your cards, black white deck, then maybe not. But if I am a uh, just more of an aggressive, just light disruption. Yeah, thing, probably like a let's say like a black white aggro deck with like. You know, maybe like a duress and a him and a, a duress and an inquisition is disruption, and like a sword or random, sure. a non feast and famine sword, a sword of uh, light and shadow. Sure, yeah, we'll say sword of light and shadow. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I think I would splash. Like sometimes I feel like the, and I think we talked about this on the doing it wrong episode. Like the the, the talking point of splashable tends to get overused. Yes. And like, because hey, are you really going to splash it in something? Yeah, like, Thalia is splashable. It's like, I'm not splashing Thalia. It's just easy to cast. But, like, like, like I'm going gonna, gonna to splash a figure of destiny. It's okay. Like, no. <laughs> I mean, you might, quote-unquote, splash the hybrid, like, say, if you're... And I think, I actually, because I actually drafted this deck recently, like, black-red, splashing white... For like Soren and you know some other stuff, but you know I was, I guess kind of splashing the white part of the. That's a really big stretch, but yeah, it's like Dust Mantle's here. I'd splash this guy. Yeah, sure. I think I think that's perfectly fine. But yeah, I'm just a big fan of this card. I I do feel like sometimes like and it's it, I think it's always been a problem like in terms of symmetrical effects, especially ones that could potentially be drawbacks. People have historically have been like kind of underestimate or just, like, way overvalue, like, or just go to, like, doomsaying mode, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, way back in the day, people were like, well, why do I want to play uh, Wrath of God? It kills all my creatures. Or why would I want to play Armageddon? It kills all my lands. Or why would I want to play uh, Sulfuric Vortex? It hits me for two or something. Right. And I think, like, you know, obviously your opponent gets the benefit as well. Or, you know, like you said, may just break lands with, like, I still think it benefits you a lot more, especially since you've got a 4-4, and it's, I think it's aligning with your deck's themes a lot, and things like that. So I think it's, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan. Like, I put this, I'm putting this in my cube, or I did put it in my cube, and, um, it was, I saw playing kind of like a blue-black kind of aggressive deck. I didn't really ask the person how it went, but as far as I could tell, it, it, it was good. Uh, next card, Lazav. Uh, I don't know. I was too Lazav to write the rest of it, apparently. <laughs> black, black, blue, blue, 3-3, three, three, hexproof. Whenever a creature card is put into your opponent's graveyard from anywhere, you may have Lazav Demir Mastermind. Okay, that's what it's called. Become a copy of that card, except its name is still Lazav Demir Mastermind. It's legendary in addition to its other types, and it gains hexproof and this ability. So essentially, you just gank their guys from their grave. Or whatever, or you know, like discard or whatever. I don't know. What, what do you think? Uh, the, the 
the amount of cost is rough. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it's too much, too much work, personally. Does does it get a shrug out of ten? Yeah, pretty much. It gets a meh. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. It it does like it is interesting in that like when you're playing discard spells against your opponent, like if you play Liliana, like Liliana of the Veil or something. Typically, like if your opponent can't play those creatures, like uh, it gives them, you know, they'll want to uh, discard their big guys. Like, oh, I can't cast this Woodfall Primus. I better discard it. Or sure. I can't cast this. And this kind of does throw that off. I don't know. It seems right. Why, why, why do I always? Why do I always do this? I always like trying to justify cards that I wouldn't want yeah, to play anyway. I'm like, yeah, you always defense. try to you always try to find a way to make it worthy. I'm like the public defender for these cards. Somebody's got to defend them. <laughs> but yeah, that's. Uh, I also think that, uh, like, I feel like this card could be a part of a constructed archetype. Like, okay, well, let's get this guy into play, and then the object is to, or like a an EDH card. Like, I'm going to get this guy into play, and since everybody plays big creatures, I'm going to turn my guy using discard spells. I'm going to make my guy this big creature. But I yeah. think it's the, the action happens way too late for a cube deck uh, to to do that. Um, that's just the way that I feel about it. So I agree. Last card in Demir, uh, Night Veil Spectre, which I think was like the buy a box or one of those promo cards. So it's a triple blue-black hybrid for a 2-3 flyer. Whenever it deals da- combat damage to a player, that player exiles the top card of his or her library. You may c- play cards exiled with Night Vale Spectre. I think this card's really interesting, actually. Because um, you get, you know, if you hit lands, you get to play their lands. Mm-hmm. Um, or their spells, yeah. Right, but I'm saying, like, you know, the lands you can definitely play. You don't have to worry about color or anything. You get their artifacts, you can play those. If you happen to be sharing a color, you get to play those. Um, so, in a sense, it could be really good for you. Um, if if you're sharing a color with your opponent, this card, this could be real good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not quite convinced... Of the the mana cost requires you to be heavy one way or the other or this exact deck, um, and I'm just not sure if two damage is impactful enough in this type of deck. Um, we like you know we like Shadow Mage Infiltrator because he is evasive and he automatically draws you a card even though he only deals one. This card has the ability to effectively draw you cards. Um, because, you know, you can play their lands or things like that, so you're effectively drawing cards from their deck. But it's not an automatic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, And you're not discarding because it's from the top of their library. Right. So, you know, I, once again, I feel like this card might be close. But I think I, if you're pushing the blue-black tempo thing, I think this would be a welcome addition to it. You could take out, you know, some big dumb finisher or whatever, some big six drop or something like that, and and throw this in there, um, and then you might have the makings for, you know, supporting a, a new kind of archetype in your cube. Um, but I'm I'm just not 100% convinced. 
Yeah. Like, how, how do you feel about Hypnotic Spectre and Cube in general? I, I, I mean, it, it's definitely in my cube because it's, you know, a lot of history behind it. Still very impactful um, because there are times where when you hit with it, it's oppressive because it hits the... Hits at random. It's right. Hits at random. It's you know not their choice, and you can wind up with something really, really good. Um, that said, um, I, I'm sure there are certainly better cards at three, but I can't imagine ever taking out Hypnotic Spectre. Yeah, I think it's I think it's still really good. Yeah, and I think I, I think I like Hippie and those kinds of cards like Nighthawk a lot better than. Um, then, then what's this guy? Night Vale, Spectre, right? Yeah, I think I like that guy. Or I like I like Night Vale. I mean, I like Hippie much, much more. Things like that. Yeah, no, I, I, I certainly do too, uh, for a variety of reasons. But, yeah. But but that said, like I said, I can certainly see a situation where this guy might be pretty good. Yeah. Would you, would you rather play if you're playing a tempo like if you're scoring tempo? Would you like take this guy out for Una? Do you think, or take Una out for this guy? Yeah. I, I could see doing that for sure. Okay, that's awesome. Yep. All right, and there's not really much else. There's Dem- there's Demir Keyrune, which I guess is a thing. It's, it seems like it's the best Keyrune. Like they all cost three mana. They tap for their appropriate guild mana, and this one makes for blue and a black becomes a two-two blue and black horror creature until the end of turn and is unblockable. I mean, it's no creeping tar pit. Although, what is creeping tar pit's pretty insane, <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think any of these. I, I don't think any of the key runes. While probably fine in other types of cubes, just as additional fixing, I, I don't necessarily think that they're they need to be included in traditional cubes. I'm not that impressed with them. If yeah. you want mana rocks, there are better mana rocks. Um, and, if, and if you're in, like, the whole no signet thing, I, I still don't think I would run these anyway. Like, I think Demir is the best one. If you're just, like, including one, you could do that. But, like, uh, I don't know. Like, again, kind of a shrug out of ten. Yeah, not not too uh, too awfully impressed. So, yeah. And I think that wraps it up. Like, let me check. Uh, is there anything else missed? Uh I mean, I don't think any of the lands really require that much discussion. Yeah, what's uh, that thespian stage? Yeah, well, I think that card's. I, I think that card's really sweet, just in general. But I don't think it's necessarily a uh, an auto include. Yeah, it's, by, it's by definitely the imagination. It's it has some interesting interactions with uh, bounce lands. Like you can you know play a bounce land and then just like copy it. Right. So it's essentially acceleration, which is. Again, it's a thing. I don't know if I'd play it for that, you know, but... Hey, it's a thing. <laughs> I don't know. Right. right, it it certainly is a thing. It's a good thing? Nah. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know, but it certainly is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And no, I don't think there's really much else, I don't I don't think, in terms of the set. But, I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah, I'd say this, this set was pretty uh, kind of underwhelming, especially after... Uh, what's that? Uh, Return to Ravnica, which gave, like, a billion good cards. And even, right. like, monocolor cards, like Pack Rat, it's just, like, you know, it's, it doesn't really seem to... You wouldn't think of a card like Pack Rat coming from 
like Return to Ravnica, you'd expect like you know multicolor things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like there's yeah, this, yeah. The set had like I said, I think I have like seven cards in the set in my cube, and that's kind of sad. But you know, get what you can, I guess. Yeah, I guess I guess they, you, you take you you take what you can, but so yeah, kind of underwhelming. But yeah, I don't know what ga- what the Dragon's Maze is gonna bring. Apparently, it's the Guild Gates and uh, Bounce are the uh, Guild Gates and what's, what's that? the Dual Lands are gonna reprint it. So it's gonna be some kind of uh, whatever, uh, whatever like uh, multicolor. I'm I'm wondering maybe if it's hybrid or something, but yeah, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely. I feel like this set. While we do have certainly have a, a number of good cards, um, not the a bit of a letdown after uh, Return to Ravnica. Uh, I was definitely hoping for some stronger cards out of the blue guilds, um, as far as multicolor cards are concerned, um, and we just didn't really get any. Yeah, like, we got yeah. maybe one per color. Um, I was really hoping for some uh, some good uh, Simic or Demir cards to get excited about including, um, and that just didn't happen, which is, like I said, it's kind of unfortunate, but, you know, it is what it is, and, you know, we'll have another set here in the block to see maybe if we can shore up those, you know, for those of us with bigger guild sections of that are six six or more cards deep, you know, let's let's hope we can get some, uh, a little bit of a little bit of added help here. Yeah. And yeah. Be nice. Yeah, agreed. So I guess, I guess that wraps it up, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess that'll do it for for now. Uh, gratuitous plugs? Right, gratuitous plugs. Sorry, I'm a little a little sick today, so that's all right. so fast. Uh, of course, you can uh, find us on uh, Twitter, which are now actually linked on the blog as well. Uh, I am Antony42, A-N-T-K-N-E-E-4-2. Um, you can also, you know, pretty much any any web service you'll find me under the Eddie Bolton board. You'll find me under that same handle, Anthony Forty Two. Um, I also write uh, cube articles for LegitMTG.com. Uh, hopefully, my set review here should be up early uh, next week, um, week after Valentine's Day. With uh, if you were listening to this, probably going to be a lot of the same things, but probably uh, hear me make fun of some other cards. Read me make fun of some other cards a bit more than I did today. There you go. That's uh, always fun. And then, how about you, Usman? Where do I find you? Uh, Usman the Red on Twitter. Uh, right about, like, every other week on Star City. Every other Monday, I guess I should say. Um, talking about Cube, Theory, and whatever. I'm not really sure what my next article is going to be about, but I'll figure something out. And, uh, yeah, the Cube, the blog, I'd rather be cubing.wordpress.com. And... Yeah, it's on the red on Twitter, and I think that's I think that's it, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so, all right. Well, that was fun. Yeah, especially after that mishap, where like when we're recording, it just captured my audio, and I was just like, "What?" I was, yeah, I was. It was not good. But yeah, seems you know I did a little test, and it looks like it's working out. So outstanding. And if it doesn't work again, they're just gonna hear just you talk. There we go. Like, hey. I'm not uh, doing it again. <laughs> Refuse. You can just say TLDR. Right. TLDR, play these cards. The end. Thanks. Yeah. There's not much here for you, but hey, there are these cards. Right. Check these cards out, and the two of us fought about Gazella versus Aurelia. Sweet. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> the end. Yep. <laughs> Alright, well, I guess there's uh, one more thing. Oh, that's right, there's only one thing left to do. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Gate crash. Fight for your guild. See you guys next time. Alright, see you later. Out.